Welcome to Numbers Out Wide with Dr. Doop, the podcast about interesting numbers in the world of rugby. We are part of the Bottomless Rugby Network, a series of podcasts that come out on a weekly basis. Thank you for joining me this week, and please consider following Bottomless Rugby on our social media pages and podcast streaming services to stay up to date with the latest content. Today I'm starting a new series on Numbers Out Wide. I want Numbers Out Wide to focus on the scientific literature and rugby union. Scientific research is the foundation on which professional rugby union stands. From player safety to changing rugby laws, we base our decisions on the available data and we should applaud those who do this work and keep our game modern and up to date. So I hope that Numbers Out Wide can be a platform that communicates scientific work by the rugby research community to the general rugby fan in a way that is easy to understand. I'll always provide a full citation and links to the public research and give credit to the authors of these studies. So with that mini disclaimer out of the way, the first research paper I chose was recently published in the South African Journal of Sports Medicine by Fuller and his colleagues. It's titled Rugby World Cup 2019 Injury Surveillance Study. This is part one. Let's check the numbers. Now, before I get into the study details, uh, let me just take a moment to give you a heads up on how I'm going to approach dealing with these publications. Um, Normally, scientific publications can be quite heavy in jargon. Uh, I mean, it is scientists that are writing predominantly for their colleagues within the scientific community, and they all have a really good understanding of the terminology used within their field so for you know guys who aren't that familiar with the research field and scientific literature this could be a bit of a challenge so i'm gonna do my best to just lay things out in layman's terms in the hope that it will be understandable and if need be i would explain something that i think um you know in general someone might not know of or be aware of and you know it's always always good to teach people a bit of science and i think there's a lot of cool science in the game of rugby that is worth uh, explaining to others who don't know this yet so with that out of the way let's just jump into the study um i'll break it into a couple of sections we obviously need to have a bit of a background of the study have a bit of an understanding of how they went about the study, uh, what they found, and what this all means. So this is going to be broken up into the next couple of episodes. Um, So for today, it's just uh, to give a bit of context for the study, how they went about it, uh, why this study is important in the first place, and, uh, you know, some of the preliminary results uh, listed in the study uh, where they took some play measurements and recorded injuries uh, incidents, so how often injuries occur and how severe these injuries are. And then that will be all of that for for today's episode. And then the next episode, I'll go into the next results and we'll basically take it like that through the study until we have, yeah, you know, a big proper understanding of what was done and what it all means. So with that, let's jump straight into this study. 
okay let me get back on track and tell you about this really cool study that was published earlier this year it was uh, published in the south african journal of sports medicine and it was published by fuller taylor douglas and raftery it's titled rugby world cup 2019 injury surveillance study um this this is a cool study uh, very important stuff i'm just going to give you a bit of background directly from the abstract and a brief perspective of how they approach their methods and then we'll just jump into straight and look at some of the the data that they provide us so some background for the study is that you know full contact team sports such as rugby union have high incidences of injury and injury surveillance studies underpin player welfare programs in rugby union this is um, one of the key re reasons for world rugby to exist is to make sure that player welfare is um, you know at the forefront of what they do um, and one of the best ways to do that is to run these injury surveillance studies at prominent tournaments to get good data um, for that to be used to make good decisions within world rugby when that comes to law variation trials and implementing new laws etc um, so just a brief bit on the methodology that they used so they did a prospective whole population study following the definitions and procedures recommended in the consensus statement for epidemiologic studies in rugby union um yeah with that that is all i'm going to say about the methods i urge you to go and read their full study it is freely available out there i will provide a link in the description and on the social media post um, that you can just click on uh, tap on and it will take you straight to their publication uh, it's short it's only about five six pages and really interesting stuff and you can have a closer look at how they approach this and how they actually do this research um, in world rugby uh, but basically what what this methodology tells us is that they already have a protocol that has been established beforehand and it's actually been implemented since the 2007 rugby world cup so they have this protocol and they follow it set out as um, agreed upon by everyone and that includes definitions so everyone understands an injury to be exactly xyz stated within the definition all right let's just jump straight into what they actually found and the first bit of data that they report on is anthropometric data so basically things like player ages and their heights and weights and then we'll take a look at uh, the injury incidents so how often injuries occur and injury severity for how severe these injuries are all right so first up they took measurements of uh, stature body mass and recorded the ages of the players so let's start with age um, on average rugby players at the world cup are about 27.3 years old um you know that being the average age for both forwards and backs everyone's around about that age uh, so no difference between forwards and backs as well um stature though when you look at the hearts of the players um obviously you can see that the the locks are 
tallest and shortest are the halfbacks. We all know that, um, and that obviously, you know, is also the reason why, if you look at the stats in the study, that it shows that there is a difference between the forwards and backs, a statistical difference, and that would predominantly be driven by these two extremes in the data set. Uh, so it kind of splits splits these two forwards and backs regions into two different ones. Um, and then they obviously also recorded body mass. Uh, in this case now, it's even more clear for there to be a difference between forwards and backs. This is something that all of us rugby fans are fully aware of. Um, forward guys are built strong, heavy to last, and the backline guys are built light and fast. So, yeah, no surprise there that the lightest position is that of the halfbacks. On average, they are 85.1 kgs. And the heaviest being uh, actually locks, uh, 114.8 kgs. And then the front row with 114.4 kgs. Um, although a little bit more variation in the data there with the front rowers. So, yeah. Uh, you would find your heaviest player to be in the front row and not the second row. But on average, front rowers and second rowers weigh the same. Uh, that extra height for the second row definitely adds to weight as well. Uh, so yeah, big differences between forwards and backs here. Now this is also quite important to, to keep in mind is the body mass one. Because if you're going to look at injury incidents now, there's an interesting trend uh, that is going on here and in general it shows that backline players are more injury prone compared to forwards and I think that correlates very nicely with the body mass data um, you know if you just look at momentum and and rugby being a sport of collisions um, in that case momentum tends to favor the heavier person so it is more likely that in the case of collision on the rugby field um, you know one we already know that there's like a lot of energy involved in those collisions and yeah uh, smaller guys are going to get the brunt of it so I think it's no brainer that these two must be linked somehow um, and just straight from the injury incidents here Halfbacks, they get injured most often, more than 100 injuries per 1,000 player hours. And the safest position is the second runner. It's, a, it's, it's quite interesting that, yeah, the tallest get injured the least and the shortest get injured the most. And it just so happens that the tallest are also the heaviest. Um, so, yeah, if you're big and heavy, um, yeah, let your kid play, play rugby when they're big and heavy. <laughs> if the data supports it, then they least likely to get injured um yeah but this is quite interesting um spe specifically that the inside and the outside backs get injured quite often um more so than yeah even though it's yeah they, they get injured just as often as often as a front rower uh, which is weird because i mean with with scrums and things like that we know that uh, the scrum is pretty dangerous and that severe injuries can happen there. But it just seems to indicate that, all right, if it happens about the same way, it's just as safe being there in the front row as being a normal backline player, maybe scrum injuries, not so much. But we'll get into all of that interesting, juicy details 
later on in this episode series on this study. Um, but yeah, let's look at the severity of this. And you'll notice on the social media slides that there is a, a mean injury severity and a median injury severity as well. Um, so basically just the mean is if you took, uh, let's, let's just take for example in the front row there were 29 uh, match injuries that occurred in front rowers and uh, you take the total amount of time that being the days uh, missed during match time and uh, the total amount divided by 29 because 29 guys got injured and that will be your mean number of days missed out during match days um, that's the mean if you look at the median it would be if you take all those 29 occurrences of it and you put the numbers down of the number of days that the players missed out and you rank them from lowest to highest you look at the middle number and that is your median number so if you have a lot of cases for example you have a sample size of 29 and let's say over 20 of them no one missed more than 10 days but then you have you know about five of them that's just like you know 12 there about but then you have you know three four guys that miss like 30 days each uh, that is something that would skew your data and that that the mean might miss so think about it this way uh, the mean is kind of like if you just look at the big picture a on average um a front rower might miss in this case 18 days um but you know more commonly the median number you could say more commonly they miss eight days you know so it's one way you can think about it so with the severity let's just look at the median and the and the mean numbers so you know the trends between the two of them are quite similar if you look at the figures um, so it's fine let's just uh, the one difference between the mean and the median severities here is that uh, for the second rowers um, yeah they the median if you look at the graphs the difference between that of a back row and a front row becomes uh, more distinct uh, so commonly a second row would actually sit out longer than a back rower would you know if you look at the median versus the mean numbers so that's why it's important um, in this case and this sort of data set for both to be reported um, but yeah interestingly enough um, this is how you can look at the incidence data a little bit differently so we can see that you know in terms of mean severity inside backs are out for long right they miss out on a lot of days they don't get injured you know more than the average um, incidence you know but when they get injured they tend to be out for longer we now see that the outside backs uh, when they get injured they're not out for too long so nothing too hectic similarly for the front rowers it seems that like you know these days when they get injured it's not so hectic that is definitely an indication that uh, the laws in place um, are making a difference you know scrum laws and, and and the way scrum setups work now are definitely probably the safest been ever so that's good and we then see that the second row and the back row yeah their severity is around about the same um, but yeah it is in terms of severity yeah it is clear that 
there is a little bit of a difference between some positions but overall between forwards and backs you know it kind of evens out so nothing in general between the forward and the back line guides more position specific alrighty so that's where we'll end it for this week I must say I found it interesting that um, yeah inside backs when they get injured they get they out for long this is where I'm now already asking questions like, all right, so what sort of injuries are they getting and where do these injuries occur? And that is exactly what we're going to be taking a look at in the next episode of Numbers Out Wide. We're going to explore this into a little bit more depth. In the meantime, I recommend do go check out their full paper, Fuller et al. 2020, just put their Rugby World Cup 2019 injury surveillance. Uh, put it in Google Scholar, it'll come up, you know, if not, do go check out the link in the description, and you can find the paper right there, so definitely go check out that stuff, and you can get a bit of a heads up about what we'll be talking about next week. So, yeah, I would like to know, what are your thoughts on this study? Uh, which numbers took you by surprise uh, you can let me know by comment or send me a voice message on anchor uh, we have a built-in voice message function on anchor if you're using another uh, you know podcast room platform you know just go check it out anchor you can send a voice message there or you know just check out our social media page and you can you know comment there uh, about this podcast and we can get into communication let me know what you think um so yeah i was i was generally quite surprised by some of these numbers and i'd like to hear what you have to think and if you do happen to have the time yeah please read their publication there's a lot more detail on the study uh, you can just follow the link provided in the description of this podcast with that thank you again for joining me this week and please consider following bottomless rugby on our social media pages and podcast streaming services to stay up to date with the latest content so until next week go read the full story tell your friends about it and stay safe cheers